exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Another Monday, another show. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. I'm your host, Alex Sharg, as usual. And to my left, in the next 30 minutes or so, will be David DeFever, my co-host, as well as another Impact Sports team, which will be joining us in weeks to come. Welcome again to the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, if it is your first time tuning in, let me explain to you how the show works. We start with MSU Sports. That is your local MSU basketball, your hockey, a little bit of football, especially with their win at Camp Randall Stadium this past weekend, and a lot more. We'll cover a little bit of women's volleyball here and there, and many more in weeks to come. If you have a suggestion on any other MSU sports you want us to cover, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap, or feel free to call in. The number, as usual, for the show, 517-432-3893. Again, 517-432-3893. Again, so we start with MSU Sports. We jump to local. We are going to talk about the Detroit Tigers World Series conquest, how that all came to a fall. Uh, A lot of questions up in the air now when it comes to Jim Leland. Of course, who's going to stay? Who's going to go next year on this Detroit Tiger organization? We'll get to that later in the show. Uh, We also talk a little bit of national, which I'll get to in a little bit, too. We have listeners from all over the country and internationally. We have listeners as far as San Jose State University. We have have listeners as far as Miami, Florida, and even in Israel. We appreciate all the support here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. Again, I do have a co-host, David DeFever. Uh, He is working for Spartan Vision right now. He'll be back in the last half hour of the show. Uh, And our goon of the week, he's definitely going to love. It's definitely centered around the NHL and what's been going on with this lockout right now. Uh, And it just gets worse and worse. It's almost similar to the NBA lockout that happened last year, canceling a bunch of games. We'll see if it comes to full circle whether the NHL can get some games in or not. Also, if it is your first time tuning in, let me explain to you how the show is set up. We start with our special guest of the week. That will come to full circle at around 7.10. Our special guest this week is Earl Robinson. Earl is the host of WKAR Sports Talk AM 870. Uh, that's here for local Lansing. It is an NPR affiliate, BBC affiliate, and more uh, PBS as well. So Earl, I'm very excited to have him on the show. He'll be coming on at 7.10. Earl also votes in the Heisman race, so we're going to talk to him about who he likes and who he is going to vote for, if he'll tell us yes or no. So we'll get to that later at around 7.10. At 7.15, 7.20, we're going to talk about MSU football, that last Wisconsin win. Uh, it looks like this season really is not in the garbage yet. We'll get to that later. 7.30, Detroit Lions last game. Looks like they're coming back as well. They're still pl- they're still plowing in the playoff hunt. So we're going to see what happens with that team. And we've got a lot of questions when it comes to that offense as well. 7.45 Detroit Tigers will close the show leading up to the Goon of the Week uh, with Detroit Tiger Talk. And like I said, Goon of the Week at 7.55 it is centered around NHL. So we'll get to that all and more later in the show. But to start off today's show... We do have our annual question of the week. How it works is each week we ask a question at the Spartan Sports Wrap. And if you get the question correctly, you had the chance to win an entree courtesy of Pita Pit. You can enjoy that entree, of course, uh, by coming into the station. If you get the question the correct correctly, 
um, the question of the week, excuse me correctly, you have the chance to win the gift certificate courtesy of Pita Pit, Pita Pit. The Impact would like to thank the continued support for Pita Pit and remind listeners that they may win once per week. So if you do want to win that question of the week, you need to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap or call in 517-432-3893 is the number. Again, 517-432-3893. And now, after three straight weeks, we still have not had one person get this question correctly. So after this week, if no one gets this question, I'm afraid that we're going to have to start over and we're going to have to get a new question because... I, I have to admit, it is a little tricky, it is, it's still it's somewhat possible, but of course it is a, diff, a very difficult question. So the question this week, after the Aaron Burbridge performance against Indiana University, who had the second best performance as an MSU freshman wide receiver? Again, so you need to know what freshman had the second best performance ever when it comes to yardage as a freshman at MSU. So if you know the answer, what wide out back in 2004, so give a look on that 2004 roster. We had a guy call in last week who said Charles Rogers, but that unfortunately is not correct. There was an MSU freshman on the 2004 roster that had a big game. Uh, who was it? What year? Back in 2004, giving it partially away. So if you know the answer, what guy was it on that MSU team in 2004? 517-432-3893 is the number. Uh, of course, before I get to the phones here, I'm going to start it off with a Chad Ocho Zero segment because he is back. Like I promised listeners, we will continue talking about Chad Ocho, Chad Ocho Cinco uh, until he stops getting out of the news. So this week in the Chad Ocho Zero segment, Chad Johnson uh, was accused for stalking Evelyn Lozada on Twitter five days ago. Uh, she now coming out today. She let the restraining order go against Chad Johnson. So obviously, as you know, Chad Johnson had a restraining order against him for headbutting Evelyn Lozada, his ex-wife, and that led to a whole downfall. So now she's letting it go. She's saying that she's ready to move on. Um, But good thing for Chad Johnson, because with this domestic violence off of his back, I think maybe some teams might start to take a look at him. How about a Rex Ryan? How about this Houston Texan team who's lacking that number two receiver, as we talked about last week? If you have a suggestion, what is going to happen to Chad Johnson now that the, that the domestic that the domestic violence charge is off his back? What team will he go to, if any at all? 517-432-3893 is the number. And again, of course, our question of the week on the 2004 season, uh, which freshman wide receiver had the second best performance behind Aaron Burbridge in MSU freshman wide receiver history? So if you know the answer to that, you need to tweet or call in. But... We're going to jump to the phones here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. You're on Impact 89FM. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Well, this is me. Earl Robinson, congratulations. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap. I'm very honored to have you on the show, of course. A lot to talk about, Earl, as you saw within this last week. Uh, We do have a plethora of different topics when it comes to this MSU football team, when it comes to... Even this Detroit Tiger team, Earl. Uh, but I want to start off the show because a lot of people do not know about where you came from and how you are able to vote in the Heisman race every year, Earl. So uh, why don't you just take a, take a minute or two, talk about where you started off in the radio business, and then how you got to where you are today. Well, I started out in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, that was my first job there. And that was be- that was before I came, came back uh, to school. Uh, I, I knew while, while I was working there that I needed to further my education, so 
then I came up to Michigan State and started working on my degree. Uh, but I started out in Saginaw, Michigan, and uh, I started out doing news. Actually, I was a newsman uh, for the first in the first year. Mm, okay. And, and speaking of Saginaw, Earl, there's a lot of good football crop that comes out of that area. And I know, as you are a prep sports guy, uh, are there any guys on that Saginaw, that upper, you know, that upper, uh, you know, upper echelon of Michigan sports that you see coming out this year and having an impact? Uh, not, not around here. Yeah, I haven't heard of any coming, uh, coming to Michigan State. That is, but they, you're right. They do have some very good athletes up in Saginaw, and and a lot of them uh, do matriculate to, uh, to Michigan State or the University of Michigan, uh, or they go to some Saginaw Valley or something like that. But a lot of very good athletes come out of Saginaw. All right, very good, Earl. So I wanted to have you on the show not only to talk about where you came from a little bit about yourself, but I want the listeners to know, since you do vote in the Heisman race each year, I want to talk about you know what you've seen with this MSU team thus far, that it's still not over for this team. I also want to talk about nationally who you like, if anyone, for the Heisman race. But let's start off with MSU sports first. Uh, I want to talk about that last game at Camp Randall Stadium, Earl. You saw what happened when it comes to that offense. They finally come through. They finally close out a game. Something Mark D'Antonio has been preaching each press conference, week in and week out, Earl. Uh, Just to start, Earl, your thoughts on the offense. Was it the offense that really won the game for this team? Or was it really, you know, an overall coaching effort? Was it more of the play calling? Or what did you see, Earl? Well, I I think... To be honest with you, I think Brett Bielema won the game for Michigan State. Uh, he made some horrific calls. Uh, for example, uh, I, you know what? A lot of us were trying to figure out why he turned down the penalty before. Then, right after the penalty, uh, you know, they got the first down, and then they went in the score uh, right away. So, I think Brett Bielema cost himself the game, and, and his uh, his play calling, and uh, you know, not the not running up more plays and doing something he should have uh, done. He should have, he should have taken the penalty, and that would have made uh, Michigan State have, have to go like 27 yards. It would have been, instead of going first and 12, and they got a first down, it would have been first and 27. So right. I think that was a big mistake for him. Now, even with that penalty, Earl, you know, we saw a lot of composure out of Andrew Maxwell. He made that yeah. game-winning touchdown pass to Benny Fowler, you know, within that last overtime. Uh, honestly, I thought it was a pretty beautifully, beautifully thrown ball, you know, to his outside shoulder away from the cornerback. Uh, but we also saw a lot of mishaps, you know, we saw, you know, them not able to drive the ball. If you remember the drive when they, you know, they had that block punt, they started in in deep Wisconsin territory. They basically went backwards. They, it's probably one of their worst drives of the season. Uh, they ended up starting in within the 20 yard line ended up having a penalty, a couple other losses of yards, and then they went out of field goal range. So uh, what did you see out of Maxwell this game when it comes to his progression as a legitimate college quarterback contender? Well, Maxwell was very composed. He kept his composure. Uh, he didn't get rattled or anything. He's been pretty good at keeping his composure uh, for most of the year. But uh, that was I know that pleased the coaches that uh, he, he has to take learn to take more chances, not, not reckless chances, but – Take more. Don't be so conservative. You know he he has to run a little bit more because uh, there there are are spaces out there in times when he can uh, take off. He's a pretty good athlete and where he can pick up five to ten yards. And he needs to do more of that when when the play breaks down. He just needs to t- tuck it under and run. That's what he needs to do from time to time. 
but he hasn't been doing that a lot. But I think they were pleased with the bat chances that he took uh, coming out. And uh, absolutely, he, yeah, he, he did. He did very well this game, and I think that's going to help him and bode well for him down down the line. Yeah, let's hope so. Now, when it comes to this defense, Earl, let's start off with what who started the game. Taiwan Jones getting the start over the injured, the injury-prone Chris Norman. Obviously, he's back now, but Taiwan Jones came in, made a lot of great plays, had a pretty big impact, especially on that first drive. He had those big three tackles. Uh, was it the lack of trust in Norman because of his injury that led to the Taiwan Jones start, Earl? Or what's your opinion on the reason Jones got the start over Norman? Well, I mean, he's been playing well. I mean, Taiwan's been playing well uh, most of the year for most of the game. So I think there's a lot of trust there with Taiwan Jones, and uh, you know he he's uh, he, he's proven that he can be he can be trusted in the starting position. So I think they just they just showed how much trust they had in it. Absolutely. And speaking of trust and position, they did hold Monty Ball to 18 yards rushing in that first half, Earl, yeah. as you know. Uh, obviously, starts with that front seven, those linebackers, of course, Jones, like you said. They had a lot of trust in him making some big plays. And I want to focus now and ask you about Will Golson because uh, he definitely anchored that defensive line. He's hungry. He does want to go to that Outback Bowl, even though it's still not out of the question, Earl. Uh, where do, uh, First of all, how do you rank Golston when it comes to his draft potential? Because obviously there's a lot of hype surrounding him uh, after the games you've seen so far. Uh, what else about Golston uh, do you see in terms of his impact on the team? No doubt, he, he has the potential, the potential to be a first round or second round draft pick. Uh, he hasn't played like that most of the year. He probably played himself out of the first two rounds, maybe the third or fourth round. But that uh, that Wisconsin game was the best game of the year that he's played thus far. Mm-hmm. So he might have helped himself some, probably probably uh, moved moved him around, uh, probably a little higher, probably up to the second round again, second or third round. But uh, he, he's suddenly didn't hurt himself. He helped himself with a very good outing. Now, so, uh, now, does he keep this up, Earl, or where do you see this guy going in the draft? Well, he's got to keep it up. I mean, that's the thing. You know, football is a game of production. You got to produce it. If you don't produce, uh, you don't get. You won't play. Get playing time. You're the draft at us. So that's the thing with football. It's ultimately a game of production, and you have to produce. So he's got to keep producing. If he does that. For those of you just tuning in, we do have Earl Robinson from WKAR Sports Talk 870 on with us on the Sports Wrap. Uh, Earl, just before you go real quick, uh, will this MSU season turn around now for this team? Obviously, big win in Camp Randall Stadium. Uh, are they going to the Gator Bowl? Are they going to sneak their way maybe to an Outback Bowl? What is your prediction? And do they beat Nebraska next week? They're favored by a point, which surprised a lot of people. Uh, what is your take on this prediction? I think uh, Nebraska is going to be a very tough outing. And, and, uh, but if they play the defense the way, they, the way they've been playing, uh, they can certainly win that game. But I, I like Nebraska because, I, as you know, I like Taylor Martinez. I think he's a very good quarterback. And I think he, if he doesn't do too much running, I think they'll be fine and Nebraska can win the game. But if he tries to run too much, uh, they'll hurt him. And, uh, and that'll, that'll be to their detriment. So, <laughs> I mean, so yes, so I, I expect Taylor Martinez to have a good job running the foot, do a good job running the football. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Taylor Martinez, obviously a lot of hype surrounding him nationally, as always, year in and year out, of course. Uh, when it comes to Heisman candidates, Earl, I know you vote in that, so uh, we're, I'm going to ask you. You don't have to give an answer if you're not allowed to do so. Uh, obviously, Geno Smith's a name that's always thrown around. Matt Barkley, of course. 
uh, guys like Braxton Miller, even though he was injured, Monty Teo, a defensive option for Heisman. Uh, then, of course, there's Colin Klein from Kansas State, you know, putting himself with, you know, having a phenomenal dominating win over Texas Tech against Seth Doe, who was a rival Heisman candidate as well. Uh, who do you like when it comes to Heisman watch so far, Earl? Well, so far, I like Manti Teo from uh, the Notre Dame linebacker. I think uh, I'm pretty sure uh, unless he just totally screws up, he's going to be on my ballot. I don't know where he's going to, where I'm going to place him first, second, or third, but I like Manti Teo. Now, what differentiates Manti Teo over any other Heisman candidate for you, Earl? Well, he's a he's a very aggressive defensive player, and uh, he makes plays. And that's the thing you got to make plays, and he makes a lot of plays. And he helps his teammates out. He's a very good teammate. He helps his teammates out. He makes a lot of plays. And uh, that's what I like about him. I'm, I'm just, I, I, can't, I can't even think of my choice, but I'm thinking right now, I'm thinking of two defensive players uh, to put on my ballot. I've never done that before. I still may not do it. Wow. The other one, uh, the other one I, I'll, I'll have to tell you about that later on when it gets closer. It depends on how he finishes out. But I'm considering it one other player. Uh, my ballot. This would be the first time I ever had two defensive players on. Wow, very good, Earl. Uh, I, I want to ask you real quickly before you go, two defensive players on a Heisman ballot. You talk about defensive guys in the past, Nadamik and Sue a couple years ago. A lot of people yeah. thought that he was really the guy that, that should have won that award. Uh, do you see maybe Monty Teo having a bigger effect this year in college football than Nadamik and Sue had? Or, or what is it that puts him over the edge for you? Well, he, he's just so good. I mean, he makes so many plays. He's extremely quick and extremely fast, and he makes a lot of plays. And, and that's what I like about him. He, he just makes a lot of plays. And, and I love a guy who plays fast and aggressive, and he makes a ton of plays. So, so that, that gives, him a, gives him a good edge with me. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I've had a chance to see him up personally. Personally, so when you've seen a guy personally, that uh, gives you a little bit of edge as opposed to just watching him on television. Mm-hmm. And I had a chance to see him up close, and uh, that 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 helped too. But every every game I've seen him, he's performed very well. I have I have not seen him have a bad game, uh, so that helps him a lot. All right, Earl. Fair, bold statement day for Heisman. Earl, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, MSU basketball first exhibition game tomorrow. Uh, just real quickly, Earl, who are you, what are you looking forward to the most in that first game? Well, I just want to see how, how the, the freshmen uh, integrate with the rest of the players. Right. Those freshmen come in and play well, and, and, maybe, and maybe they can uh, help out uh, somewhere down the line. So I just want to see how good they are, how they're meshing in uh, with the players that are already there. And if they, and if they do, uh, that's going to be a very good basketball team. Okay, Earl. Thanks again so much for joining us on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, hope to see you sooner. I'll see you tomorrow, of course. Uh, bull picks for highs, and let's hope State pulls it out, Earl. Okay, yeah, let's hope so. I mean, I, I'm not sure yet. I mean, they've got to win at least one more game, which they should do. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be tough. They have no easy games left, so every game they have is going to be a dogfight. Right. As Drew Sharp would say, the Big Ten sucks. But listen, Earl, you know you're a Big Ten guy yourself. You know how hard it is in this league. Yep. It's very hard. All right, Earl. Thanks again for joining us okay. on the Sports Wrap. Okay. Good talk to you, Alec. Good talk to you. Bye now, Earl. Bye. All right. So we did have Earl Robinson give his take on this MSU Spartan team. If you have your own take on this Spartan team, there's a lot of questions that I did not bring up with Earl that I want to cover on this show. For example, to start, MSU is favored against Nebraska. Will this come in full circle whatsoever? It is a very prominent question because, as you know, this MSU team two weeks ago was in a completely different place. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Notre Dame. 
people thought, okay, this this season's over. But guess what? They climbed their way back. They're now competing for an Outback Bowl. Uh, it's it's a lot of less odds than what they did start with, but it's at all still very possible. So will they go to the Outback Bowl, and why? Do they have the tools to win the Outback Bowl? And who will play this team? And when it comes to late January or, or late December, early January, five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three is the number. And again, our question of the week. This is the last time we're going to ask it this week. If you know the answer. After Aaron Burbridge's performance against Indiana, who had the second best performance as an MSU freshman wide receiver back in 2004? Who was that receiver in 2004? So give a look on the roster. This is the last week we're answer that we're going to ask the question. And if you get the question correct, you will have the opportunity to win a gift certificate courtesy of Pita Pit for an entree. Uh, if you want more information, you can visit PetaPit.com. And of course, the Impact would like to thank would like to thank Peter Pitt's continued support over over the years of the impact and remind listeners that they may win once per week. So, of course, we encourage you to tweet your answers to the question at 89FM Sports Rap. You can also call in at 517-432-3893. Uh, we'd love to hear your answers and also talk about other issues with this MSU football team. Of course, like I said earlier in the show, David DeFever will be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about him with this NHL lockout. Uh, David has a lot of different opinions on this Detroit Tiger team, which we'll be getting to in just a little bit. But I also want to talk about real quickly, before we jump to a, a, a quick break in about six to seven minutes, I want to talk about MSU basketball with the game tomorrow. Uh, to start about, you know, actually today, you know, the AP All-Americans came out. And Michigan's Trey Burke was on that list along with Indiana's Cody Zeller and Deshaun Thomas from Ohio State. You know, that's three out of six of those guys on the list are Big Ten guys. So Big Ten obviously showing a lot of love this year when it comes to the AP All-American polls. Uh, This is Michigan's first AP All-American since Chris Webber back in 1993. And I asked the listeners, are you a little bit upset that Keith Appling... Any Michigan State player did not make that list. Obviously, Keith Appling not named an MSU captain. Trey Burke, obviously, he is the fold for that Michigan team. Does this surprise you at all with no AP All-American first team from Michigan State? I mean, this is a team, obviously, they're ranked 14. Michigan's ranked in the top the top 10. Uh, this is very interesting. We haven't seen this happen since... Uh, uh, actually happened actually within the last decade, but before then, we remember you know the Fab Five days when Michigan was ranked ahead of Michigan State. But with Tom Izzo's team this year, with a deep freshman lineup, so much depth as Earl talked about, and as and as Tom Izzo has been preaching, uh, it is quite you know quite an issue, and it comes not only with the AP All American poll, but when it comes to these guys producing, does this does this ranking affect anything when it comes to how these players will perform. 517-432-3893. Again, 517-432-3893 is the number. Also, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rat with any topics, any questions. If you know our question of the week, if you want to tweet, maybe win yourself a Pita Pit gift certificate, tweet your answer for the question of the week to at 89FM Sports Rat you will have your chance to win. Also, talking about a little bit about this MSU basketball team, 
Russell Bird. Guy's not going to get the playing time. Many people expect it to be. Starting lineup, we still aren't sure about that still. Uh, who's your starting five for the MSU Spartans? Who are you going to put on? You know, who are you going to put on the court this year uh, with Derek Nix as a captain? A lot of people thought he would be maybe coming off the bench to start the year. Uh, there's also a big opening with small forward and power forward positions. You know, you've got Costello in there competing, a big rebounder. You've got guys like Adrian Payne. He's been on the team for two years, faced a lot of issues with a Tom Izzo earlier. Uh, you know, he he had some some off the court troubles that necessarily weren't reported into, you know, some news sources, but it did affect, he did uh, violate team violations once or twice throughout his career. So uh, a lot of off-the-court off the issues when it comes to this MSU basketball team, and I think we're going to see a lot of freshmen. I think we're going to see Gary Harris get in there. Uh, talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show. Gary Harris ranked in the top 100 um, top hundred college players. He hasn't even set foot on the court yet. Um, so we'll see if he gets the playing time with Keith Appling, maybe. Um, depth has been what's been preached when it comes to this MSU basketball team so far. Uh, what's your opinion on, on who's going to get most of the playing time tomorrow? They're playing a Northwood team, um, expecting to win. I don't expect that Northwood would have much of a shot of upsetting this MSU team. Uh, talking about this Northwood team real quick, uh, one thing to note about them for tomorrow is they do have a very, very well-known guy uh, coaching their squad. Um, the guy uh, leading this Northwood team that Tom Izzo obviously gaining, you know, giving a lot of respect towards this guy. He, he's been uh, a very prominent guy for that program. Obviously, they're a smaller school, so uh, they don't have much when it comes to uh, how much they're going to compete with this team. Uh, well, they do have a guy named Roly Massimino. Uh, this guy, uh, he it, the first meeting against them was... Uh, in the 1989 NIT, while he was at Villanova, uh, MSU, of course, beat them in Philadelphia. He's 0-2 against the Spartans, um, but he is coaching this Northwood team. He does have his history when it comes to Tom Izzo. He has not won a game, so this guy's obviously hungry. Uh, it seems that Michigan State should not have any trouble, but I wouldn't count him out quite yet. Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Expect a win. If you have any questions, comments, 517-432-3893. David's going to be joining us in a little bit as well. Uh, when it comes to this MSU basketball team, you know, Matt Costello, Kenny Kaminsky, you know, he missed most of his senior year down at Medina. Uh, he'll be coming in as a, as, a, as a freshman that expects to compete, get a lot of playing time. You have Lansing Sexton's Denzel Valentine, this guy, you know, a very highly talented recruit coming out, had a lot of different offers, uh, can play a lot of different positions. Uh, for me, when it comes to how Tom Izzo is going to play these guys out, you know, I definitely see Appling, I definitely see Derek Nix, and I definitely am going to say Matt Costello starts the game because of his rebounding. And it's going to spark a lot of criticism because some people might make the argument that Adrian Payne should get the start over a guy like Matt Costello. But there's guys like Denzel Valentine, there's guys like Gary Harris. These younger guys are going to compete. And any moment in time, I would not be surprised if someone does not perform Tom Izzo will be the first guy to let him know, and any freshman can take the place of any veteran who's been playing on the team for years. 517-432-3893 is the number. And again, if you know our question of the week, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap. This is our last week we're going to ask this question because it is definitely very tricky to get correct. Uh, so if you do know the answer, if you want us to talk about any sports issues, 
feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap or call in 517-432-3893. Time is 7.30 right now. We're going to jump to a quick break at the Spartan Sports Rap. David DeFever coming back in within the last half hour when we return from the break. Also, finishing up more on MSU Spartan Talk, we're going to jump to Lions, close out with our Tigers. We'll jump to a little bit of National as well. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rap on Impact 89FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. I'm out of here. Th- thanks again, man. It was good. Wait, time. you were uh, you were hitting it pretty hard tonight. Are you, are you good to drive? Heck yeah! I am amazing at driving. Yeah, man. You sure? I mean, I can call a cab, or we fine. can uh, we can get somebody to take you home. Yeah, you know? yeah. Don't worry. I'm good. Okay. Uh, hey, text me when you get back. Okay. Stop right there. This is stupid. He's drunk. Friends don't let friends drink and drive. Ever. A message from 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights from 8 until 10 p.m., The Impact Flashback is your retro music alternative, playing your old favorites from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Only on Impact Primetime. In a world where radio was repetitive and mundane. In a time when FM is plagued by the same 15 songs. An army of new songs are called to battle. And only the strongest survive. Every Sunday night from 8 till 10. Sit or spin. Only on Impact 89 FM. Now, back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. I'm your host, Alex Sharg, and as I talked about earlier, David DeFever would be joining us in this last half hour. He is back in the studio. He's back again with his hockey hat on. And, hey, you might have to take the hockey hat off, David, because as of right now, uh, which I'm going to talk about later at 7.55, our Goon of the Week, but, of course, the Winter Classic canceled. Yep, and games all the way through November 30th. Big, big issue. Uh, I want to hear your opinion, David. What is this going to be like an NBA lockout? Are they going to resume at some point, or are they just so far apart right now they that it's are, just they, so hard to call? The NHL and the NHLPA are just not seeing eye-to-eye. The, the deals that they're proposing back and forth to each other, no one wants to give in. It, it's not looking good for the hockey fans out there. Very good, and of course, I mean, obviously not very good that it's not looking good, but very good in the fact that, you know, they're, obviously this is affecting a large group of people. I think the fans, I think a lot of the players, even owners, are very upset with this. I'd expect, David, I don't know if this seems a little bit outlandish, but I'd expect some moves to be made within the next you know week or two when it comes to getting those games ready and, and good to go, you know, back on the ice. Uh, your prediction, uh, let's, let's just start it off. And create a new segment at the Sports Rap called NHL Lockout Ticker. When are we resuming? When is the lockout going to be over? Let's start it off, David. What, I'd, what I'd say after the new year. After the new year? Yeah. Wow. Um, if it's that long, David. I uh, might cry. <laughs> I think we're going to cry either way because some of the season's canceled. But if it goes towards the next year, I mean, that's going to affect a lot of revenue, a lot of you know economical issues when it comes to this organization. So uh, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say they come back early December. 
I'm going to be bold and, and say that something gets done because as we've seen in the past, you know, there have been times where lockouts have been extended for the whole year. Yep. But I think the way you know modern day modern age works and and the way the economy goes, they need hockey to resume at some point. They do. And as far as the guys are apart, they both know that hockey needs to come back at some point this year because a year without hockey, as much as hockey is going down when it comes to ratings, I don't think they can afford that. They can't. The NHL can't, and neither can the fans. But my question is to you, if if they get this season on their way and kick off early December, do they reinstate the Winter Classic? Yeah, you know what? You know, that's a big issue because even if they do reinstate the Winter Classic, there's a lot to look at there because yeah. in the big house in the year. big house, it's going to be harder for them, you know, for the ice to be maintained. They're going to have to make a lot of different changes when it comes to getting the right temperatures, when it comes to, you know, adjusting to a new setting. I say absolutely. I, th- I I mean I say if they if they don't if they if they do come back you know when it comes to the Winter Classic I don't think they're gonna let it go because when it comes to renting out the big house there's a lot that goes on there yeah uh, definitely if they do let it continue David they could you know look at another remote location but for me I don't think it's gonna happen okay but if the listeners feel otherwise five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three if Winter Classic resumes and if NHL resumes. Where will the Winter Classic be? Will it be at the Big House? Will it come back at all? 517-432-3893. We're also taking tweets at 89FM Sports Wrap. Uh, of course, we're asking the question, what will happen with you know this NHL lockout? Will the NHL Winter Classic resume even though it was canceled? If you know at all, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap. And speaking of tweets, John Yales, who was on the show with us last week, did tweet an article about Matt Costello, this is coming out of the free press. Matt Costello expected to miss, you know, uh, actually missed that first game because of a potential injury. Uh, he hurts his back in practice. He may be out for Tuesday. Projected maybe to get in that starting lineup, David. Of course, with this MSU basketball team, uh, what are your predictions to start off for this team? Who's going to be in your starting five this year? Um. They got a lot to prove this year, as we've discussed in previous shows. Um, I think Appling's really got to take a lot on his shoulders along with Nick's. I think if he plays good and defensively can, you know, stay consistent throughout games and be a threat on the offensive end, I think he's going to see a lot of time. Um, also, um, new guy, what's his name? Gary Harris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a lot of proof this year. They're, they, they're just missing puzzle pieces for me from what I've seen in previous teams and, and losing Draymond Green. But we'll see tomorrow as they open up preseason. I'll be there, so I'll be able to get a good look at how they play, right, right how now, the atmosphere is in there. Now, this came out 40 minutes ago from Joe Rexroad from the Free Press that Costello's going to be out uh, for that Tuesday game with his bruise. His diagnosed as a tailbone bruise. Uh when it comes to starters, Izzo did announce that they will be starting Appling, Gary Harris as a freshman, Brandon Dawson, Adrian Payne, and Derek Nix. So uh, I ask you, David, if Matt Costello isn't injured, does he get the look when it comes to the forward position and playing time? I think he does. He's, he's a key point of this basketball team, and I think we all know it as fans of MSU basketball that he's a key piece, and with this injury, it might put a little setback to the, you know, it might rattle things up in the rotation of the starting five and who you play off the bench now. But as soon as he comes back, I think he's going to be in the starting lineup. 
Hey, we'll see. Uh, absolutely. When it comes to this team, his rebounding, of course, very hard to come by. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Do you give Matt Costello the look? Is there anyone else in that starting lineup? You're giving freshman Gary Harris the start. A lot of hype behind him, of course. But is there anyone else on that team that you're going to give a look towards? Feel free to call in at the Impact or feel free to tweet us. So David, of course, touching on with MSU Sports. We'll get a little bit now into local Michigan sports. And we're going to start with the Detroit Lions because that last game gave a lot of fans hope. They're still in the playoff hunt. Definitely. Their offense looked a lot better than it did in previous weeks. A Stafford lot better. was passing over th- for 350 yards. Uh, of course, they when it comes to the defense, with all the injuries and a lot of the changes in the secondary, their cornerbacks, they got some guys coming back now. It was just announced that they that they get Drayton Florence back this week. Uh uh, besides for you know for their cornerbacks, let's look at that front four because they put a lot of pressure. They put a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. Uh, obviously, at 5'11", the guy can't really see much over oh. the line, but he does get the job done. He is a very, very accurate passer. Uh, he did pick that team apart when it came to the – I think when it came to the second quarter, he did play pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's start and, and bring up a couple questions with this Lion team. Uh, do you see playoffs at all in the picture as well as they have been playing? They still have a little bit more for me to improve. If they get the next two, you know, kind of get that momentum swing, the lines, because we know as last year, you know, we get that groove going, kind of like the Tigers. We get a groove and we can keep winning. And if we keep doing that, there's definitely hope for this Lions team, especially with the last game with how our offense finally produced. We didn't have to wait to the fourth quarter to see the Lions actually play some football right. on the offensive end of the line. But um, too early for me. I'd give it two more weeks, in my own opinion. But um, as soon as we break that 500 barrier, since we are 3-4, and four, as soon as I see that number click even or go above the 500, then we can talk playoffs. So, and you said there's a little bit more that you need to, to really analyze this team and say that they're ready to go. Let's look at the upcoming schedule. Next week they've got Jacksonville. That's going to be a it contest. Sh- should be a win, though. Should be a win, but it's going to be a contest. Yes, their way. That's definitely. at Jacksonville. At Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a lot of young guys yep, on that team. Going with playing Gabbert at quarterback. Right. So we don't know how he will produce. He's kind of been up and down all season. Right. And after Jacksonville, they've got the Minnesota Vikings away. And, you know, we hmm. saw them earlier this year. They've, been, they've surprised a lot of people. They've surprised a lot of people. But not only did they surprise a lot of people, but, you know, this is the Lions' chance to get back at them. Yeah, definitely. And what we need to do is we need to stop the run on Adrian Peterson. He's such a threat. And with our front four and them finally getting things together, as we saw last week or this past weekend against the Seahawks, if we can shut down Adrian Peterson and put a little bit more pre- and put more of the pressure on Ponder, this game is this one's going to be a close one. This one's coming down to the wire again. Even though it is in Minnesota and they're going to have the fans behind them, I think the Detroit Lions are, giving, are going to give them a run for their money. Right, and even with the run for the money, it starts a lot with that receiver that receiver core. Calvin Johnson consistently gets double covered. There were a lot of questions last game about how Titus Young has been performing. There were questions about Burleson. You know, he's been kind of out of the picture this mm-hmm. year. Uh, even Ryan Broyles, you know, he was a, he was a second round draft pick. They, they got chose a couple him. catches, yeah. and he got a touchdown too, right? You know, they chose Ryan Broyles over a bunch of guys, David. <coughs> and now we're looking at this team, and Titus Young and Ryan Broyles step up. So, uh, what receivers to you 
uh, were most important in that win? Was it a Titus Young? Uh, was it Ryan Broyles? Because there's something on that receiving core that was a key to that win because we've seen it week in, week out. The receiver's just not stepping up. But these last two weeks, with these last two wins, the receivers have definitely stepped up. Yeah, and and it's tough to, you know, and analyze it all because we got such a threat in Chad Johnson, but not Chad Johnson, I'm sorry, Calvin Johnson. My mistake to all the listeners out there. Um, but yeah, Broyles definitely stepped up, but Titus Young was in my, his energy, first downs, hyping, and his sellies, it took him forever to get up in the crowd when he scored that first touchdown. But he definitely put an impact on that game. And when you have a guy with Calvin Johnson, and he's double-covered the whole game, the Lions, with that big of a threat, we have to find ways to get him the ball. And I and I heard it and watched it. Calvin Johnson had a, three or four drop passes that were right in the hands that he doesn't miss. One was a touchdown back in the end zone. Should have had, but, I mean, he's going to make those drops. You know, you see it happen throughout the NFL day in and day out. But it's nice to see that Titus Young came up big. Two touchdowns, nine receptions, 100 yards. Matthew Stafford hit him, game-winning touchdown towards the end of the fourth quarter. It's nice to see other people step up besides Matthew Stafford and Megatron. And, and David, we saw, we saw, as we talked about in the sports wrap, you know, at the beginning of the year, the Madden curse. It started with Calvin Johnson being on the cover. He hasn't dropped as many balls, I think most people would say, as he did, as he has so far this year compared to years past. Uh, let's ask the question: Does the Madden curse come true? Is is he going to keep dropping balls and, and underproducing as a wide receiver, as a premier wide receiver in the league, David? And it, it's tough on him as a player because we all know how good he is. But after the season that he produced last year and how well the connection with him and Matthew Stafford was, teams realize that he's an elite wide receiver. And there's no doubt, you can't argue that he isn't. But now that when the Lions come into town, that's the main thing that their DBs and their safeties and defensive coordinators are looking at is how do we not let this guy make plays? Because he's the one that makes those extra long plays down the field. I mean, we see Titus Young, his long was a 46-yard touchdown, but all the other ones are under 20 yards or that 20 to 25 range of catches. And Calvin Johnson is, is a big play guy. And it's tough for him because he's getting covered, and it's tough for Matthew Stafford, but the Lions need to find a way to get him. But as far as the Madden curse, I think those drops, those aren't going to occur anymore. As far as getting the ball to him, we'll see how that pans out the rest of the season. 517-432-3893. What is it when it comes to the Madden curse, do you not see Calvin Johnson fulfilling? Hey, he could surprise us. Is Calvin Johnson going to come out, have an unbelievable year from here on out? It should be. I want him to. <laughs> we will see. 517-432-3893. Again, feel free to tweet at us at 89FM Sports Wrap. And again, our question of the week. This is the last week we're going to ask it. It is a difficult question. After the Aaron Burbridge performance against Indiana, who had the second best performance in record as an MSU freshman wideout? Who was it? And back in 2004, uh, not Charles Rogers. There's a guy on that squad. I'll give away the first name. His first name is Terry. Last name, you find that out. What guy on the 2004 team had the second best freshman record as an MSU wideout? If you know the answer, feel free to tweet at 89FM Sports Rap or call in. Again, we are giving away a gear certificate courtesy of Peter Pitt. If you want more information, you can find online at PeterPitt.com. 
the impact, of course, would like to thank Peter Pitt for their continued support and remind listeners that they may win once per week. So, of course, with our question of the week, besides for Peter Pitt, we do have a plethora of different options and different uh, and basically, you know, different gift certificates and prizes, prizes you can win week in and week out. So you definitely want to keep staying tuned for more in coming weeks. David got 14 minutes till the show's over. And it comes to, you know, this is my favorite part of the show because this Detroit Tiger team coming into the World Series, you know, it's been an up and down year for this team. Yes. Uh, they were projected to not even be in the playoffs about two months ago. They snuck their way in. They looked like a great baseball team, completely different. And then when it comes to the World Series, they fall flat and drop four straight. Uh, let's just start. And talk about Prince Fielder because they spent three figures on this guy when it comes to millions. Yep. And this guy was projected to take the place of Victor Martinez in terms of production. Absolutely didn't. Um, let, do you have a theory to start off the show with that? And listeners, feel free to call in. Just the bat wasn't hot. He was cold. He just couldn't get in the groove. Um, I don't know if it's being in the shadow of the Triple Crown winner Miguel Cabrera or not, but... It seemed that five-day break that we got from San Francisco and then them making it into the World Series really put a damp on our groove that we had going, which, I mean, we want our games quicker than they did. It's going to happen in these playoffs. But I honestly, Verlander wasn't in it. He wasn't. We saw it. We, we've never seen someone eat Verlander alive like that. And and that's what everyone expects when he's on the mound is us for to come away with a W. Everyone in Detroit was hyped that he was going to be on the mound, and he gets outpitched by Barry Zito, gives up a hit to the other pitcher. It was very disappointing to watch. It was. We right. didn't lead a single inning in that game until the fourth game and the sixth inning, I believe it was. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, starting off with talking about getting outpitched, of Verlander, everyone very excited. You know, he's going to be on the mound yep. pitching against Barry Zito. Zito's a vet. I give the guy credit. I do. He pitched pretty phenomenally. Uh, in terms of other games in the postseason, he looked nothing like he did that night. I think he knew. And I think that comes with top dollar. I think that comes with his experience in the league, his experience in the postseason. You know, this guy, you know, he's an all-star. He's been, on, he's been on teams. He's been on the A's. He's been a standout pitcher for years. And I think, you know, this is the kind of signing that you get a veteran guy, when it comes to playoff baseball, you expect him to produce, and he, surpl- and he simply did. 517-432-3893, if you agree, disagree on the Zito-Verlander topic. Also, uh, a big topic on that Tiger series was Alex Avila. At Game 4, he sits out because of a wrist injury. Yep. And this is going to be a you know a very heated topic for me, David, because uh, I, I researched the injury. The x-rays didn't show any fracture. Uh, Jim Leland was confronted by trainer Kevin Rand, and Kevin Rand advised Leland that Avila sh- probably shouldn't play. It's very clear, David, that with an injury you probably shouldn't play. If Kurt Schilling had a bloody sock, it's probably certain he shouldn't play. But the thing is, when it comes to postseason baseball, you play. When it comes to the World Series... You play. Well, and and uh, let's just give it to the other side of things. Yes. Swelling and inflammation, he couldn't move it without experiencing gripping pain. You know, he said, Avila came out and said this, quote, 
I've been hit in the wrist and the arm like that a hundred times. Normally, I don't have a problem, but this just hit me in the right spot, end quote. And Avila, you know, he came out and said it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my career, sitting out on that game four. Uh, he, I think he wanted to play, but, you know, it comes the question, who is to blame for Avila sitting out, if anyone at all? Because, I mean, let's just talk about it. Gerald Laird in that game, you know. You can't rely on him. Can't rely on him. Uh, did not play well. Didn't. Along with most of the Tigers players in that game four. Yeah. But, you know, besides for Laird, if Avila gets in the game, David, let's just start it off. Do the Tigers have a better shot of winning? Do they win that game four with Avila playing? It definitely turns the tables. It definitely, the outcome could be different. We'll, we'll never know, but Avila in the lineup is a better a better Tiger team. And I think it shows it in previous games. Now, now, here's the thing I'm trying to understand as well. Obviously, Avila in the lineup, you said, definitely changes the tables a little bit. But when it comes to putting him in the game, there's a manager, and his name's Jim, Jim Leland. Leland. And Jim Leland listens to Kevin Rand about, you know, what is going on with injuries? You know, what kind of injuries are happening to his players? Kevin Rand gave him an advice, but he still plays. Now, let let me just compare this to Kurt Schilling. When Kurt Schilling was bleeding with the bloody sock on the field, had probably had other injuries throughout the year as well, mm-hmm. injured that game, you think for a second Terry Francona was confronted from his trainer and said, hey, you need to take Kurt Schilling out? Probably Yes. I assume that the trainer's job is to let the manager know about any injuries happening to any players. That is his duty. That's what he gets paid for. And that's why Dave Dombrowski, as a general manager, plays certain players. I mean, excuse me, doesn't play them. Gets certain players on the field at certain situations. Now, when it comes to Avila playing in that game, would Jim Leland want, would have, would Jim Leland want Alex Avila to play over the injury? I would. As, I would, if, too. If I was manager, I would. I'd personally and Dave, ask Amila. And uh, even Dave Dombrowski and Al Avila, you know, VP at the top. Do you want your son, Al Avila, he's the reason why Alex Avila is on the Tigers organization to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex Avila is Al's son. Now, I'm sure Al would have wanted his son to play. Definitely. Obviously, Avila couldn't move it. He experienced the pain. Could he have played in it? Possibly. Was it throwing hand or catching hand? Very possibly. Uh, it, it was his right wrist, so uh, he's a lefty. Okay. Um, it probably was not his throwing hand. So, to my knowledge, David, this guy could have gotten in the game. And it angers me. It angers me because, you know, a simple decisions, simple managerial decisions, obviously it's a little more complex than that. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure many fans, you know, many players probably would have liked to see the guy play in the game. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Do you agree with the Alex Avila benching? That's I wouldn't even call it benching. I mean, he he was out for an injury. He wasn't played. I mean, it was hard for him to do. Uh, are you a little angry with Alex Avila a little bit? I mean, I am that he wouldn't stand up and say, "Listen, I'm good to go." He kind of just shied away and said, "I have an injury." I mean, the quotes say that it was it was painful for him to sit out. It was his wrist was aching, but I mean, when you have that much energy and the hype of the crowd in Detroit, mm-hmm. you you players play through that stuff, and right. and you've seen it throughout all the sports that all those guys it's it's, it's just heart. I don't know if Avila 
was seriously, seriously injured where he, I don't know, it, it upsets me a lot, and I think it upsets Detroit. I mean, to see Gerald Lair come in, it we went to him, and he didn't produce, which, I mean, I mean, it all comes down to Avila, if you think about it. It's his own injury. It's how he feels. So if he sure. didn't feel good to play, I mean, I guess that's that, but... When you're a professional athlete, it's the World Series. Right. I mean, gotta... even if you didn't feel comfortable to play, um, it's easier said than done. We're sitting back here. We're not on the field. Now, we're, we're analyzing this. Yeah. But if I'm out there, David, if I'm out there, I have an injury. As much as it does hurt, if it's a World Series championship game. You want to play. Sure, I'd want to play. And I'm sure he did want to play, but it comes down to the heart. And I don't know if Alex Avila has that heart. So is Alex Avila going to be our catcher next year? I assume so, yes. He's got a lot of young talent. But let's talk about for a minute, before we close the show at the last five minutes, about guys, you know, supporting cast players, guys, you know, who might not be back next year. Start with the big three, Verlander, Cabrera, and Fielder. They spent a lot of money to bring these guys here. Yeah. And now, you know, they understand that the Tigers or the Yankees in the Midwest how do you think the Yankees felt after being swept by the Tigers with the money and the talent that they produce? You know, the Tigers just as well on the other side. You know, they have a lot of guys on that that squad who, you know, could have easily, easily been on any other organization. They could have. Primary player, taking a team to the playoffs. So, David, start it off. Who's your guy to go? That leaves out of them three? Not necessarily them three, because with Victor Martinez coming back, that was the reason why Dombrowski dropped the money on Fielder. Yeah. They wanted someone that can have the same production as Victor Martinez would have. Not only did they get the same production, but they got way more. Mm-hmm. Now, how does this team change with Victor Martinez coming back? I After, I don't know about Infante anymore. I mean, we only had him for a year, a year correct? Right. And I, I just don't think he, he'll be in that Detroit uniform. I think we're going to shop the market and look for someone right. a little and, bit and younger and a, a talent that will produce more or that has a career ahead of him. Like Infante is a little bit old. He's, he's been in the league for some years now, but I don't think he's going to be in a uni next year. And besides for that, you know, let's remember that he did fracture his hand on that and game four loss, so mm-hmm. there could be something behind an injury that could limit his production. But let's go to the phones. You're on the Spartan Sports Rap. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Alex, this is Ryan from Lake Lansing Park once again, man. Ryan, hey, do you got the question of the week? No, well, man, I, I want to say Plagico, but I don't think he's, I think that's before his time. But um, before his what time. I really wanted to talk to you about was Avila. And all I got to say is Kirk Gibson with the Tigers and Kirk Gibson, more importantly, with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. He went out there in the World Series, did what he had to do, jacked the home run, could hardly run the bases <laughs> with his knees the way they were. Right. But he wanted to be there. Yeah. And could you say the same about Avila, Ryan? I, I, I can't. No, not not after last night. I can't. You know, and, and that's that's just the sad sad thing. You talk about heart. You know, you talk about Leland coming back. You know, no, I, they, they need to go get a Gibson. You know what, Ryan? You know, I totally agree. I think it's sickening that a young guy like this, you know, listen, listen, listen. He comes up from double A. You know, obviously he's still a young guy. He's got a lot to experience. Now, is he going to be in the same situation as Kirk Gibson as veteran? Probably not. Now, the reason I'm upset isn't because he doesn't have the heart, but it's because when you're stepping up in the major leagues, Ryan, you will be expected 
ready and in the major league mindset. I mean, they do have, you know, plenty of different training. Look at NFL football. You know, oh, yeah, exactly. they have all kinds of meetings for the rookies, for the, you know, for the guys in their first couple of years, you know, drug prevention programs, different NFL mindsets. Same goes for major leagues. Do you agree or no? Oh, yeah, you know, but I think more importantly, when you talk about playing by injury, unfortunately, the NHL isn't playing right now. Mm-hmm. You look at the way they play in the playoffs, and all you hear is upper body injury, lower body injury, but they're still out there killing themselves. And, yeah, then, yeah that's, that's what Detroit lacked in this uh, World Series run. So. Right. Now, Ryan, uh, before I let you go here, what's the next move for this team? They've got Victor Martinez coming back. They spent a lot of money on the big three. Uh, what's your move next? If you're the GM, Ryan, what are you saying to this team, and who are you going to let go? Who are you going to let stay? Well, you know, I, I think I think Laird's kind of a, a moot point. You know, I, I doubt he comes back if they can fill that role. Um, some of the some of the younger guys, like I said, Martinez comes back. They look they look really good. Yeah, they, they don't have to make a lot of moves. They got uh, some young guys coming up. I mean, Ab- Abigail Garcia mm-hmm. was good in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think they kind of stick the direction they're going, but they just got to continue to cut that dead weight. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, Jared Laird, great. He's a mute point. He was probably expected, you know, to come in as a backup, help help out when Avila's out here and there. Uh, you know, last question here, uh, do you see them again as a World Series contender with the lineup they have? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, that's that's the great thing, you know. Um I think they're going to continue to get better. Um, mm-hmm. Fielder having played a year in the AL, uh, he's going to hit better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that they couldn't put the bats on the ball versus the Giants. Ryan, them down. great points. I appreciate you calling in on the sports app, preaching some knowledge to some of the listeners out there. Hey, no problem, man. We'll talk to you maybe next week. Absolutely. Hope to hear from you next week, Ryan. All right. Take care, Ryan. Bye. Bye. All right, David. So Ryan, of course, said himself. You know, mute points, a lot of guys needed still. We will talk about that next week on the Spartan Sports Wrap. And, of course, our goon of the week, David, to close out the show, is the NHL. Canceling yes. the Winter Classic, extending cancellation of games, and, of course, we do have our due dates. You say next year they're going to resume. Yeah, I do. I honestly think mid-January is when it's going to start. Hopefully, Batman and the NHLPA can... Get things together so we can get this hockey season back in action. Right. Canceling the Winter Classic. Not only is the Winter Classic, you know, a big cancellation, but that says a lot about the history of hockey. Yep. Absolutely. So for those of us at the Spartan Sports Rad, thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Alex Sharg, and to my left, I'm David DeFever. We'll be back for another week on the Spartan Sports Rap. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.